0: Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way, where we talk about how writing works, how writers work, and how the best writers risk being strange. But today, uh, I'm talking to Ryan Fitzpatrick, not so much about his writing, although a little bit about his writing, and a little bit about my writing, but mainly about prose poetry. We were uh, kind of asked to do, uh, to talk about prose poetry by Rob McLennan for a project he's doing. uh, And I thought, you know, why not kill two birds with one stone and kind of Talk about it on the podcast, uh, you know, and get it nicely transcribed out and everything for Rob, you know, and see how they come and just have it a bit more of a flowing conversation than uh, the kind of more academic thing that we're maybe used to doing when we talk about this stuff. Uh, But specifically, what we want to talk about is prose poetry. Uh, So, Ryan, can you maybe just kick it off a little bit by talking, like just maybe explaining to people who aren't familiar what post poetry really
1: is? what it really is yeah what it truly is finally exposing the sequence prose poetry
0: prose versus Um, verse
1: so uh to prepare for this i like came up with all these questions so i imagine we'll dig into this a bit but like to give you kind of a pocket definition of what uh prose poetry is uh maybe to the to the uninformed listener uh maybe when they think about poetry they think about um Maybe they go back to the 16th century or something, uh, and think about sonnets or think about metrical lines. Maybe they uh, maybe they flash forward to the 19th century and start thinking about free verse. Uh, but I think mo- most people, when they think about like poetry, they think about, oh, it's got lines and it got st- it's got stanzas. Maybe it rhymes, maybe it has meter, maybe it doesn't. But lines and stanzas are pretty central, I think, to the popular understanding of poetry. Uh, prose poetry kind of scrambles that a bit by changing the what what I would call the basic unit of composition. So rather than focusing on lines and stanzas, uh prose poetry uh uses the sentence and the paragraph as as kind of units of thinking. Um which that that's that's a fair definition, right? I think that's it's literally all definition. it is.
0: And, and I, I mean I would go a little like at this point now that, you know, anybody who doesn't never heard of poetry kind of knows what it is at this point, maybe we'll slide into a bit more of the academia, <laughs> you know, high flutin discussion of it. Um, but like the way I like to think, I like to just, when I think about it, I, I just always think about it kind of on the craft level because I feel like yeah. that's the least, um, that's the least changeable level. You know, we're real, you know, future, the rapper is still using anaphora, just like Mesopotamian poets were using anaphora. They got very different purposes. (laughs) They're very different political spheres that they're operating in, but it's the same technique. Right. And so I usually try to just focus on the technique as a starting point for everything. Yeah. Before we get into the more social political sphere of it all. So the way I like to kind of just think about poetry as a baseline. Uh, i just sort of distinguish it a little bit from i distinguish like literary literary writing from non-literary writing in just a real simple pragmatic way uh, the same way shiklovsky uh distinguishes it you know it's deep got a defamiliarization effect has, is is in play yeah so you know when we're looking at you know something in a in literary language uh there's just even a you know bare minimum of of that is, you grab found text, pull it from one context to the other, you get a defamiliarization effect. Now we're in the literary world of language, and so I just think once we've had that happen, I I just sort of like separate poetry off as uh, a sort of a a a, a type of literary l- language that is just more overtly uh, interested in defamiliarization and is displaying more. Commonly, it's defamiliarization effects, mm. uh, because in, a lot of the times in fiction or prose, uh, not always, but often uh, that the techniques that the writer is using are masking defamiliarization effects. Mm. You know, they don't want you to kick out of the plot uh, and notice how the novel is being written. Now that changes, of course, like some writers yeah. will draw more attention to their style.
1: Uh, but yeah, I think they don't. They don't want the you to be. They don't want you to be too defamiliarized. They don't, don't want you to be so defamiliarized that you throw their book in the trash.
0: Generally speaking, right? <laughs> <laughs> but when, and then, like poets, I think tend to go the other way. uh Broadly speaking, you've got some poets who are trying to approximate a breath line or something, or approximate the way people talk in more like a straightforward language way. Yeah, you know, and they're not as interested. They're, like they're trying to like hide the artifice but for the most part poets are displaying their artifice I think yeah. in, in a real brazen manner you get like and a lot of poetry is really self-involved with that idea all the way you know I, I think the most most odd example to me always is you know Shakespeare's Sonnet 130 where he's just talking about how other poets are bad compared to him <laughs> <laughs> right like you know and, and he's sort of praising his mistress on the one level, but really he's making fun of other writers for not being, uh, you know, as adept. He can insult his mistress and still praise her better than when they try to praise their mistresses, you know. And I feel like prose poetry on a simpler level uh, and a more obvious level is uh, approximating, you know, it's approximating that prose form, as you say, but I think it still has all the same goals of verse in terms of the, you know, the deep effect. Like it just seems to be more extreme. And I would even say a lot of novel experimental novels, I would class under prose poetry. So that way I would say it's a, for me, it's like, it's not really a a clearly defined thing, right? You know, Mm. it's just sort of poetry that is sort of utilizing prose form, as you say, but I think often it has this effect uh, or this goal of defamiliarization, yeah, uh, and displaying defamiliarization uh, in a manner of speaking, yeah. And, and do so you, it doesn't have yeah. it's unmoored from narrative often too uh, for that reason.
1: Uh, well, we can talk about Not we can always. talk about we can talk about narrative because I think narrative is one of the components. Yeah, that can definitely. come back in. But uh, but um, uh, here here's a here's a question. So like. Um, what do you see as being the the benefits of turning to the sentence rather than using the line? Because I know one of the one of the kind of like things that people get critiqued for sometimes. I think this is a silly critique, but I'll repeat it anyway. Is that sometimes poems, uh, sometimes poems will are just prose broken prose with line breaks, like just prose that's been broken up somehow. Um, And, and so like the question sometimes is why not just like, uh, write this as a prose paragraph. So, uh, in poetry, what do you think the advantage of using like a sentence rather than, than the line break would be,
0: you know, I've thought about that a fair amount because I've done a lot, mostly prose poetry. If you look at my published work, like it's, it's in poetry, it's primarily prose poetry, or at least the best of it is prose poetry, you know, and the stuff that's certain gotten the most attention is prose poetry. Um, and I've often wondered what draws me to it, because uh, personally, when I'm reading a book of poetry, I you you turn the page, you see a prose poem, you're like, ah, crap. <laughs> you know, like, I don't even like to read prose poetry, broadly speaking. There's people yeah. I really love, which we'll get into, but um, broadly speaking, I don't like to read it that much, because it usually isn't doing the thing that I like about it as a writer. Mm. Uh and I've tried to even just kind of get more of a handle on that and think about it. And I think what it really comes, I think, you know, in many ways for me, what I like about prose poetry is I kind of get to have it both ways in the sense of one thing I don't like about poetry yeah, uh, is the speaker, and it's not a problem with poetry. It's just a problem that I think is with the cultural way that we perceive poetry which is that you always have the reader conflating the speaker with the poet. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't matter what you're writing a poem about. You could be writing a poem about how your eyeballs were eaten by spiders. You know, they'll still think it's somehow about how you're feeling that day, you know? Uh, And, You can even write the line like this isn't a metaphor, you know, (laughs) and they, they won't, they won't put you in, they won't read it like a narrative voice and like a narrator. They'll read it like the speaker is hiding something or coding something. And I think that's useful sometimes, but I find it's a real problem for me in poetry because I don't have the interest. Broadly speaking, there's exceptions to this uh, rule for me, but like, I don't have a whole lot of interest in, um, expressing my particular emotions or opinions in direct fashion in poetry Uh, i like to code or hide things but i always or draw attention to it in a really specific way but what i really like is narrative voice like the more i think about my own writing uh, the more i like strange narrative voice and so what i don't like about poetry is you you get the audience just pulls you away from narrative reading it like narrative voice they don't just It's just not coded that way, and it's yeah. hard. You have to work to code it that way. Whereas in a novel, it's all immediately coded as narrative voice. But you almost get a different problem, which is they they want to tie you too closely to the narrative now. And so, yeah. what I like about prose poetry is it kind of lets me have a narrative voice, but I don't really have to have a narrative.
1: Okay, I just, but it but it's tied. It's kind of tied to the way people perceive, like um, like lined poetry versus like versus prose and i give this that kind of you writing prose poetry gives you this kind of psychical in-between space yeah it's a weird work,
0: liminal position yeah. the audience is just it kind of puts the audience in a strange liminal space in terms of the receptivity of it and so i i like those in-between places and if yeah. you if you know my work uh of, of course you do but I, like if somebody listening or reading this knows my work they'll know i like to take like a film like write an essay poem I like to write like a prose essay, prose poem essay about a film, yeah. you know, like I like to really play in those weird. And then there's also that's been couched inside of a sequence that is itself a narrative. You know, yeah. I like to really play in those weird liminal spaces like that.
1: That's that's all that's really interesting because it's really different than like, than the value that I would assign to prose poetry, which for me, uh, for me, the value of prose poetry has to do with like measure a poetic measure and the things that the, the sentence can allow you to do that the uh, that the line can't and like my my poetry if you were to go and pick up my books you'd go what is Ryan talk, talking about like he's never written in prose poetry um, which is like not not true because like I'm just not publishing in prose poetry mm-hmm. but um, but like for me like uh, that's Moving to the sense. Cent- so if you imagine, like um, I was thinking about this, like if you were to extend the line out, eventually it just becomes it just wraps around the edge of the page, right? And then you have to deal with prose. Uh so at a certain at a certain point, like I like short lines. Short lines make sense to me as a form of measure, uh, whether it's like a phrasal unit or a breath line or or something else, something arbitrary. Um but as soon as you kind of drop the drop that form of measure, you have to deal with the insides of the sentence with the punctuation with the, and, and with uh with what ends up being, I think a variable line length where you can have uh, um, like, you don't have to worry about like consistency of line length. Suddenly you can have a sentence, you can have a sentence that runs like a hundred words followed by a sentence that runs three words. So uh, it's up to you as a poet to make sure that kind of like makes sense together, but uh, it kind of frees up frees up measure in a way, or it gives you a different way to measure what we could call the line or what the, the rhythm or the flow of the of the writing. Um, so for me, like it like it has nothing to do with the perception between poetry, like lined poetry and prose. It has this it this this different set of possibilities open up as soon as you switch from one to the other. Um, and, and different poets take up that challenge differently. Like some will focus on the phrase and just kind of chain, chain phrases with commas between them. Some will write like huge run-on sentences that don't end. Some will be really proper and like, uh, as if they were writing like, like an essay or a piece of flash fiction. I think that like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options available within the prose poem that are not lesser than lined poetry, but they're different.
0: I think that's an interesting point and it's it's interesting that you frame it that way, because uh, although I hadn't really thought about it before, that is in many ways, one of my other attractions to prose poetry. I kind of think about it. I've thought about it differently, but it amounts to the same as what you're saying. Mm. Uh, But what I always think about is like, I feel like there's more um, pacing possibilities in the Mm. prose poem because, because as you say, when you're playing with the grammar of the sentence versus like how the lines stack up in stanzas or against one another and, um, so on. Like I really like when I write line poetry, I like to have uniform line lengths or oh, uniform me, stanzas. Me right? too. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't always have a real meter, uh, necessarily, but I, I often will do, but like, I like to be really uniform with it. You know, I, I generally speaking at least in the stuff that i feel is my best work uh and that i you know have collected into books and stuff yeah uh but when i move to post poetry i feel like i i know it's not really accurate but i feel like there's more of that pacing possibility um and to kind of move i'm always thinking of it from the point of view of how do i move the reader through Mm. the book or through the poem or through the sentence or through the paragraph or through the line or, you know, or through the stanza, like I'm always thinking about it from that point of view. Like I'm trying to kind of, I'm trying to kind of anticipate and manufacture certain levels of reaction, mm. um, you know, or at least have a particular space for a certain set of reactions. So like, to me, like that kind of, effect of being able to, um, uh, to move in and out of certain pacings and meters and measures is really I- important to me. And as you say, you've said it kind of differently. And I think in a, in a bit more of a, a sensible manner, <laughs> like I'm kind of running on instinct, maybe more with it.
1: Well, utilitarian, maybe, I don't mm-hmm. know,
0: but I like what you're saying, like, and, and it is very much how I, I think kind of unconsciously have been thinking about it. And when I pick one over the other, it sometimes will be for that effect. Uh, Because I'll even sometimes, um, like I remember in my uh, poem Sequence Psycho in uh, uh, "The Politics of Knives, which is all about the Hitchcock movie Psycho. uh, It has, it it does kind of all those tricks you're talking about um, in one sort of poem. And in one of the poems, I even actually, uh, I, I actually, if you put line breaks in it, and just kept hitting enter, it actually is a a perfectly properly metered poem with end rhymes. Yeah. But I've just put it into prose, and uh, and I wouldn't normally do that, uh, but I did in that one particular instance because it kind of weirdly, by having a lined poem shaped like prose, it just kind of jolted uh, everybody. It kind of jolts the reader in the poem it happens right after the uh shower murder it counts like what is happening next you know and so you know again it's all for really particular effects and and i just feel like i have that play so i can even like literally have like metered lined poetry inside the prose um if they're because you don't expect it now
1: yeah Uh, i don't have it handy but like uh, otherwise i would read a bit of it but that reminds me of uh I don't know if you read uh, Larissa or Lai's most recent book of poetry. Uh, what is it like? Uh, uh, I, I I'm screwing up the title, so now I'm feeling really self-conscious. Like Iron Goddess, like
0: uh, um,
1: it's a longer geez, title. Now I'm that. wondering
0: if I have I have read one of her recent books. Uh, but um,
1: gosh. but the thing that one of the things that struck me about that book, like once I I realized I had to start reading it aloud because it's it was doing what you're identifying is like in the middle of these prose bricks there would be like a, a section that was really kind of metered and rhymed out like almost like almost like a like a spoken word piece like within but within like the this uh this other form like uh and it was really it was really interesting that once i started reading it aloud i could hear like the poem inside the poem but like mm. the prose was, not obscuring it, but like, uh, allowing it to abut like other things at the same time.
0: You're talking about Iron Goddess of Mercy. I That's haven't the one. read that book, That's but the one. I haven't read it, but I'm going to have to pick it up now that I, uh, know it exists. i somehow missed <laughs> that one, but yeah, Iron Goddess of Mercy by Larissa Lai, L-A-I. Um, yeah, just to kind of circle a little bit backwards. Uh, yeah. I, I, one of the things, the poems that I always think about is, uh, this, what, this book by Jenny Booley, which actually it purports to be a book of essays. Like it it's it says in it, it like it's it's called the book of beginnings and endings, uh subtitled essays. But what it really is, uh is a kind of conceptual prose poem, uh where what she uh what Booley has done is every you know every two pages is sort of a different beginning page and ending page of an imaginary novel. Okay. or essay uh, collection that you aren't reading. Uh, so you know page three is like the first page of some imaginary book. page four is the last page of that imagine of some imaginary book uh, and so on and so forth uh, And they they're all different fonts they're all about different topics they all kind of are these little fragments of beginnings and endings right of these uh, again kind of novels or essays or just b- other books. And I feel like that is the kind of thing that you can really do in prose poetry that you can't precisely do in other types of poetry, especially, or even like in a, in a more, in a novel form. Yeah. Uh, So she's got like that again, that she can really work with a fragment, you know, like you can have like a fragment of narrative. You can have a fragment of an essay. You can have a fragment of um, a poetry poem and it can have a conceptual uh structuring you know you can have a book that has a structure and almost even has in some ways the pace of a novel or the pace and build of a collection yeah. or something but yet actually doesn't have any of those things you can approximate things like i'm really interested in reading and writing uh, things that approximate other things but aren't mm. precisely them for whatever reason okay So I like the idea that you can play, uh, like, like I say, you can play around with narrative. You can play around with the essay. You can play with these different forms, but not really be doing them. You can kind of play around with, um, uh, like it has the freedom of poetry, but it gets, but you can play inside of the really structured architecture of prose.
1: Well, it reminds me, reminds me, uh, I don't think it's exactly like the bully, but like the way you're talking reminds me of that, uh, that Cassandra Blanchard book, Fresh Pack of Smokes. And I know you yeah, quite that like, book. which like almost, almost reads like a series of flash fictions, but because mm-hmm. it's like, it's uh filed, filed under poetry, it can play fast and loose with its narrative structures. And it, so it's fragmentary, maybe not on the level of the sentence, but the, but the paragraphs like don't flow in any kind of like necessary order. They're all connected. Uh, but um
0: and but it partakes the, of the but memoir calling it, but
1: putting it under poetry instead of memoir mm-hmm. uh, loosens it up a bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's a great way to put it. You know, it, it does. It kind of lets her play with the um, that genre of, and the, the form of the memoir. Yeah, but not really be locked into it. You know, and, yeah. and not even necessarily having and not having to structure it chronologically, not having to even fully identify with it. Uh, if you know the poet or doesn't yeah. want to you know
1: well and i think we could we could say the same thing about like uh projects like um poetic research is like a kind of growing buzzword right mm-hmm. and i think prose poetry is one of the forms that works really well for poetic research and i kind of set aside as present like examples of this like two books that are like very very different but are both kind of like prose poetry invested in research and one is uh claudia and citizen which are these kind of like like there are longer essays in the book, but a lot of it is taken up with these like smaller kind of like paragraph long essays about microaggression. Um, and so like Rankin is able to use the prose poem as a venue to rather than making a really clear linear argument to kind of accrete these little moments and let the argument happen over the accretion of these prose poems. Um, the other the other one is uh, Jordan Abel's Uninhabited. Which is uh, also a research piece, but it's invested in uh, accreting data and asking the reader to kind of sort it out. So what Uninhabited does is it looks at a kind of massive number of uh, public domain Western novels, and each poem is um, is the result of a keyword search. So I feel like I need to grab the book so I can like look at some of the give you some examples. So he would look for words that are tied to settler colonialism in a certain way. So territory or extracted or, uh, hold on, flipping through the book, uninhabited. Um, And he would do a keyword search through all these novels and he would just pull the sentences and like accrete them into a massive prose poem and then like ask the reader to sort through them as if they were just sorting through like uh, a stack of like uh, data to draw some conclusions from them. So I think like, re- like in that, w- in those two ways, like reads, like the prose poem becomes like uh, an interesting uh, venue for poetic research where there doesn't have to be like a strict conclusion to it. And, and it's looser and maybe the same way we're talking about uh, Blanchard's book or Bully's book in terms of like uh like getting rid of the middles of these like uh pieces um but it 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 can carry it can carry some of the weight of prose but like uh loosen it up or fragment it is the word i think you used
0: well uh, well in the some of the cases you're talking about too they're literally working with fragments and it's not that poetry mm-hmm. can't like line poetry can't work with fragments in fact it often does right often yeah. the line in itself is its own little fragment uh, in certain type of poetry but i think that you've hit on something maybe without really realizing it that kind of harkens back to the earlier discussion a bit which is that you have this audience uh anticipation in a line poem that you're mm. going to provide a conclusion yeah you know and i think that whereas the prose poem so awfully often ends mid-sentence you know, mm. and there's this 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 way in which it I think has a different sort of receptivity. Uh, you know, grammatically, you could if there's just a different effect to ending mid sentence or having a stream of fragments that don't really have grammar, but are yeah. almost placeholding, You know, uh, where grammar might be. You know, I just feel like the that accretion effect is one you can just physically see it on a in a prose form more. Yeah. So like I did a poem uh, in politics. And as again, I concluded that book with a really long blocky prose poem called the, that most terrible of dogs where I was doing a lot of that kind of accretion of certain types of language I'd gotten from spam searches and things like this. And I uh, started, you know, kind of treating it and doing different things. But then I just started compiling it as this weird blocky like tower. Yeah. It was inspired by a, um, formally speaking, it was kind of inspired by Robert Fitterman's, um this window makes me feel book, mm. which is one of my favorite uh, books of prose poetry.
1: It's a and, collection of sentences. Is it, isn't it a collection of sentences? Like it's a response to like nine 11. It's a nine 11. Yeah. Right? It's basically
0: a nine 11 book. Uh, if, and, but, but it has, but, it, but like structurally speaking, of course, for people who haven't seen that book, uh, you can, I think you can get it free online. Uh, I don't know if it's really available otherwise, but uh, it's, but every sentence is just this window makes me feel what he's more or less done is he's, he's Google searched, you know, for the word like this, you know, something, something makes me feel. So he searched like makes me feel he's taken that phrase and he's added this window in front of it. Yeah. Uh, and what you get, you know, weirdly is this, you none of it, it's all kind of talking around the kind of sentiment and, you know, sadness and melancholy that, you know, uh, in a way it kind of attaches itself to that event. Uh, But, um, but what I really liked about, but like, it's also just physically structured, like a big block chain of text. And so I really like that there's a way in which you can just, if you, when you pile it up, it just looks, uh, like a wall, uh, when it's in prose, you know, like that, you know, if you have like no indentation and just go to the end of the line, it's like a wall of text, Page after page, you can have a wall of text. And there's a real uh, emotional effect, I think, to sort of seeing that. Uh, And you don't get a break in a certain way. Like, it kind of becomes exhausting.
1: Yeah. Well, the the book that I thought about when, when, uh, uh, that that I'm thinking about in regards to that, that I had thought about when you first asked me to do prose poetry, um, was uh, Steve McCaffrey's The Black Dead which uh, is a book that like, I think like, if you're a serious poet, you should read, but at the same time, I have a hard time recommending it to anyone because you have to like, because I really think it's a book you you should try to read in a single sitting, even though that sitting will probably be like four or five hours. Um, Cause it, all it does, like, it's not even um, like, it's deliberate, I think on a micro level, but it doesn't have that nice tidy frame that Fitterman gives us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, um, what uh, McCaffrey does i'm gonna i'm grabbing the book so I can be correct about this is it's in two parts and the first part are kind of um, just all these phrases and sentences that are just linked by commas. so there's no closure to the to the thinking. And then the second half um, is just a single run-on for uh, over 100 pages, not quite 100 pages, but like still that's a lot. And it's just a brick of like, just a brick of page after page of like just a brick of text, and like it it adds up, but it doesn't um, it doesn't add up in um, in any kind of way that gives you like a thematic closure or anything like that. It's just you start spotting patterns in the language, um, and there's a kind of satisfaction in that, especially if you read the whole thing in one sitting. Um, but it really dodges meaning in a certain way unless the meaning is just like the sensation of staring at um staring at like the Chiron at the bottom of the CNN of CNN or i always remember like uh when i was a kid driving around calgary and there would be the signs that would have the um it would just be a running text and you would you would see it for like 30 seconds as you're driving by and you'd get like uh like two and a half sentences worth of information. Uh, and I think McCaffrey's The Black Debt gives you the sensation of just like standing in front of this moving Chiron of never ending text,
0: it's uh, weird which is think,
1: really interesting.
0: Yeah, it's a weird thing to think about as a literary value, but I think it does sort of, you know, a certain type of prose poem, like the long prose poem, it can really become an endurance test <laughs> and yeah. it can be exhausting and it can kind of do in a way that like poetry just often isn't um and maybe doesn't want to be <laughs> often right but I, but you know if you're trying to kind of get at that feeling or that emotion yeah. or even just put the reader through a ringer in uh, in that in a manner of speaking like that it has like that opportunity to kind of really um as you say kind of accrete and uh, yeah. uh and it almost even just sort of start um challenging your
1: endurance in that matter. Uh, what it, well, let me, let me ask you the opposite. Then what do you make of prose? If we've got a one side prose poems that like, will take length to the extreme. Uh, what do you make of prose poems that are kind of minimal? The, like the kind of short paragraph prose poem. Cause the other book that I thought of right away was Harriet Mullen's trimmings, which is a book that just kind of uses the language of like fashion to kind of think in a really light way around the relationship between like fashion and appearance and, and race, but all the, all the lines, if we call them, all the sentences in it are kind of phrases or like clipped words. And they're often connected just very gently with commas. Like it's, it's almost the opposite of McCaffrey's text. Um, And like every, all all the pages are kind of these like minimal paragraphs.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I kind of like, both approaches Although what i've found myself doing personally is i'll kind of tend to see myself combining them like i'll yeah i'll do a sequence of shorter kind of paragraph poems you know and um but they'll kind of like drag out like that across a sequence and then i'll try to vary the pacing of how long is this one how short is that one and things like yeah. this so i like to kind of go in between almost like take from both sides of it personally when i am working on stuff by fine yeah. but but as a reader uh I really, I, I really like a minimal poem in many respects. You know, like uh, I can appreciate the kind of wall of text ones, and like some of the ones, some of my favorite books are like that. But yeah. they have to really work, you know. <laughs> and you have to really be—they have to really continually reward you, uh, you know, with a with a a gem, you know, on a really frequent basis. You know, yeah. I like think almost like a when you're playing a video game, it's got to give you
1: a cool you sound coin, or a sparkle. You got to get the coin sound, yeah. You
0: got to get a coin sound every now and again. Whereas like a shorter, uh, more minimalist, uh, kind of tight prose poem, I really tend to appreciate uh, a bit more easily. Um, and I think because, uh, I think just for the simple reason that I like variety uh, across the book. Yeah. Um, so again, I like it best when I see it in sequence, I don't tend to like short prose poems that are, you know, just standalone. I tend to like them in sequences. Um, and I think for me, it just has to do with that, how I value narrative and narrative voice so much. And what I always am looking for or trying to produce is some sort of off kilter narrative voice. Yeah. You know? And, um, so I just find it's something that unless you have some length, you can't really do a lot with. Yeah. Uh, and whereas a short snippet can work if there's like if it's stacked and created with other ones. Yeah. If you got, got six projects,
1: if you got sixty pages worth of them and they they kind of build in a certain way. No, yeah. I feel that. And that works uh, really well to me. That's part of a shared attraction that we have, like as as poets in Canada of a certain generation to the long poem, which is a I different so. kind of formal question. But I I agree with you. What do you think ruins a prose poem? I was trying to think about this because we kind of took a little a little day break in between the first recording and this. Like I was trying to think like what what ruins a prose poem. Um, I don't know, like I think partly maybe it depends on the depends on the reader and what the reader wants. I was trying to think of like what do people regard as bad prose poetry. And I think like I always go back to that like 80s, 90s moment where there were people just like like imitating theory. Does that make a bread mm. prose poem like just like uh, pages and pages of uh, abstraction and a prose brick? Like, is that something that's like, I don't know, because because you said what what sets apart the uh, like a good prose poem from the ones we dread. So, yeah, like, I'm not sure what the one I ones I dread are.
0: I kind of dread them all. But I think the reason <laughs> I dread them all is because I so rarely see a prose poem I really, really, truly enjoy even though I love the form and I'm a, you know, I work in it more than I do otherwise, generally speaking. And I really love that form. Again, for me, it's all about that. I kind of like how it fails to be prose and fails to be a poem precisely. Yeah. It's kind of in that in-between space. But I find that like, for me, the ones I don't like, or that is when they're too close to being prose or too close mm. to being poetry. Like when they're too, the ones you are talking about, there was that kind of trend uh, where every one of them was like filled with abstraction and theory. Yeah. And to me, that was like getting too close to being an essay, right? Like I like yeah. it. I like it when it's kind of in between being an essay and being a poem and being a, you know, maybe a story. I don't like when it kind of moves too close to one of those, because once it yeah, moves I too close to being a story, It just, it's not enough of, it doesn't have enough narrative drive anymore to be a really good story. So it kind of like, it's it's like lousy flash fiction then. If it moves too close to being an essay, like you say, it becomes too abstracted and now there's no imagery to cling on to. There's nothing concrete there. And it actually makes, I think the idea, it feels pretentious. Like I feel like the ideas aren't actually uh, glomming on to uh, a metaphor or concrete image that will actually increase their complexity. Yeah. Uh, And so it kind of starts to get into like this weird pretension space. And if it gets too close to being poetry, then I just start to feel like it's shapeless a little bit. Like it's not doesn't have the rigor I really want in a a strong verse poem, you know. So to me, like that in between space is really cool where the things are overlapping in their Venn diagram or whatever. And we're getting that weird little gap. Where it's just kind of all, they're, you know, they're sort of failing to be all these things and therefore kind of becoming their own thing, you know?
1: Yeah. That makes, that makes sense because I do have that feeling like uh, once he started talking, I was like, oh, yeah, the ones I actually dread are the ones that, are, that I read and I go, well, why isn't this just a novel? Why didn't you just write a novel? It starts like to feel lazy, of, eh? Doesn't yeah. it?
0: Like strangely, all of a sudden it starts to feel like, well, they didn't bother. They they were too lazy to write a novel, and they thought writing a prose poem would seek fragments would be easier. I don't know if that's true ever, but it's just how it feels to me. Like
1: whereas I've read I've read a few books in the last few years that are kind of narrative long poems that feel like failed novels. And I won't mention them because that feels a bit too like uh a bit too shots fired for me. But like I do, I do think like there, there with, with narrative and maybe with narrative and with argument, like the argument or, or research, there has to be like prose poetry is good at those things. Uh, but it also needs to do something else. And maybe defamiliarization mm-hmm. is the thing. Cause I, you were talking about that yesterday. Um, it needs to defamiliarize that process in a way of like writing a story or and the, presenting and the some form research
0: a little bit too. Like, I think uh, like, I think what literary language does so well is like defamiliarize language. But I think, like, yeah. where prose poem, I think there's a level which it also is like defamiliarizing the actual form or the genre that it's participating in a little bit too. So, yeah. to, like, when it works well to me, it's kind of almost standoffish in that sort of way, where yeah. it's like you can't pin down what's happening at any point really well. I like that kind of thing. Like, that's just my. Now I always wonder: Is it just my taste? It's just that like I, I think this thing is better than the other thing, and it's not really justifiable or, or or. But I I do think that like I'm onto something in the sense that like I've got a reason to dislike this thing or to like yeah. it. I don't know if it does well, just think- boil down to taste, maybe, but I just feel like I, when I see the trends happening, like you say, like every once in a while you'll see like a trend in poetry or a trend in the novel or whatever. And insofar as I see trends in prose poetry, I find like they tend to, it's like everybody will start doing one thing and it'll bring it mm-hmm. closer to one form. And I just like, I'll get closer to memoir, I'll get closer to an essay, I'll get closer to a just a poem, I'll get closer to flash fiction. And like, once we have those trends happening, it just starts to lose interest to me. Mm. It just gets less um, radical and exciting because it's yeah. not like, uh, it's not surprising me anymore.
1: Yeah. Like the in betweenness is the, is the strength of, of pro of prose poetry is kind of what you're saying, right?
0: Yeah. Like to me anyway, I think also just, there's this, um, but if you just really just focus on the name prose poetry, I think the biggest thing I see is when it just doesn't have actual poetic qualities. Like it really is just indistinguishable from prose. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I think pros- that probably bothers me less than it bothers you. Cause like, I don't mind it. If it's like, if it makes up for it in some other way, like if it's, if it's really prosaic, but like, it's like, it's short, right? Like, so like, it kind of takes advantage of the form in this other way by being fragmentary in that way. Like it's just a vignette or something. Um yeah, versus because otherwise, if it's long and it's just prosaic, it should—it's just an essay, or it's just a story, or it's just a—I shouldn't say just a—it's like it's a different genre completely.
0: Yeah, it starts to not be a prose poem anymore. Yeah, I just find like when I when I'm flipping through a book, because you know, you and I read a lot of poetry books. Yeah, and I know for me, when I'm flipping through a book and it's you know mostly verse poetry. And all of a sudden, you turn the page and there's a prose poem there. There's just always a moment of me where it's like, "Ah, I just feel like because they weren't doing that for the last 30 pages in a 70-page book, it just feels like there's, there's no pattern that's been established of doing it. Why are you doing it now? And there can be a really good reason. And sometimes they surprise me, but I find so often it's just like, it feels like it lacks effort in terms of like, it's a lazier construction often mm. like, and because I do a lot of like, I really am more known probably for writing poetry, but actually what I mostly do is write prose. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that to me, it's like, I I also write prose in a way that I'd say like my interest is being, is like a bit more, stylistically motivated like i want to say i'm a bit of a stylist in a sense although not like the way ann michaels is or something but Mm -hmm. more in the sense of like i can do different styles yeah like and so you know sometimes i'll do a real ornate baroque kind of style and other times i'll have a stripped down you know minimalist style but like i know how to do those two styles and so what, when i see like a piece of prose poetry and it just is like i can kind of just see where like oh they could have tightened that sentence you know or they could have made yeah. that they could have had some in, interior rhyme there if they really wanted you know with by just using this word like you know it'll start to kind of feel lame to me or, or rather i should say this feels a little like underdeveloped often when I mm. find a prose poem, maybe that's well, just what it is. Like I want it to kind of be in an in-between space, but I don't want it to feel undeveloped or unbaked or whatever.
1: So I, I, uh, I will say, uh, in defense of prose poetry, um, that the example you give of kind of this prose poem being dropped into this middle of this hypothetical book, I don't know where that's, I think that's less of a problem of the prose poem, uh, sure. and more of a problem of like, uh, In the in the editorial process, it was kind of like yeah, that's a good point. Um, because like the whole thing could be prose poem. Like like I I think a lot of times like something that something that looks like a like a bad choice if it's done if it's done like over time and it's repeated it becomes a stylistic choice, right? Sure. Um. So like you're right. I like if there are extra words or if a sentence should have been clipped or or trimmed or whatever in an isolated prose poem, like if that's just part of the part of 10 prose poems and it's a quality of the writing, then it becomes a stylistic choice. And like, um, and you can agree or disagree with that stylistic choice, but it shifts it.
0: Um, You're you're probably right. I'm probably just reacting more so to like, when I see uh, isolated examples. Yeah. And I, and the isolation is probably what's bothering me more than anything else. If I just get right down to it.
1: Yeah. Well, cause you ask, and I ask these questions too, and I read books. It's like, Oh, why suddenly is this here? Is this book a grab bag now?
0: Yeah. Um, Which maybe is unfair, but that's often how I will feel. And then it probably biases me against the particular
1: piece. Yeah.
0: Before I even read it. Well, uh, what else do you think? Is there anything last words uh, for prose, poetry and defensive or in supportive or in the attack of prose poetry what do you i think i will most,
1: say what you haven't say, you
0: seen in a prose poem that you uh, what, really want to see
1: what haven't i seen in a prose poem that i that i'd like to see you finish your thought uh, but you oh know. i was gonna say I'm, I'm shocked we we never mentioned gertrude stein once <laughs> should we?
0: now it's too uh, late to i'm also shocked like i was gertrude stein
1: uh i'm also shocked like uh i figured i would talk about like oh what's the first time you saw a prose poem and i this is why I brought up mm. di Brandt when we were texting, because the first time I had ever heard of a prose poem was I had to read uh questions I uh, asked my mother, like in a class at UC. Sure. Um, but um I don't know, like I feel like I've seen a lot of mm. different ways the prose poem can be used from like from like run-on sentences to like short clipped phrases to like uh a lot like to polemics to narrative to um, it's, it's just a form I think it's been I think there's still a lot of juice in it but I think it's been used like in a lot of different ways
0: yeah that's what I often find exciting about it like is you know as 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 well this is something we kind of were th- I remember we we're talking about maybe talking about and never got it. but like one <laughs> thing I really like about sequences or books of prose, prose poetry. Mm. Is it has? It, it, they start to capture a little bit of the um, the strength and power of the novel. You know, Bakhtin mm. uh, argued that w- the defining quality of the novel was that you it was a container that could can put other artworks into it, mm. but it itself wasn't containable by other artworks you know so pectin's point was sort of like you can put a poetry into the novel and it remains you can put a poem in the novel you can put a photograph in the novel you can put a short you know piece of uh you know you can put a drawing in the novel you can put anything in the novel and it still remains a novel like it becomes kind of it it can, can kind of subsume different art forms into itself without losing its uh 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 without losing its quality. Whereas you can't put a novel into a poem. I you know, mean, you can't do that. You can't put a novel into, you, you can maybe argue with this, but this was Bakhtin's argument. You can't put a novel inside of a po- photograph. You can't put a novel inside of a, you know, uh, whatever. Like, so again, as you say, you can kind of maybe argue that something like that is actually happening. In certain I think,
1: times. I think part of what you're, you're, I think, I think, let me try to anticipate where you're going. When you talk about like a sequence of prose poems, I think like with the, the the long or the sequential poem, like suddenly you can do some of that stuff.
0: you can yeah, like, I feel you like.
1: can pull like a uh, maybe not a whole novel, but like ma- also maybe, maybe you can in a, um, you,
0: you can like just all of a this, sudden you start the prose it starts as a prose poem, then you've got a poem a lin- lined poem inside of it, yeah, and then it concludes as a prose poem like, you can do things like that, yeah, so and you can a, of course me, do the reverse, yeah, uh, you know, have a prose block in the middle of like an otherwise verse poem I just find it's less successful for whatever reason yeah
1: well, I think like for me the examples would be like books that absolutely straddle the line so mm-hmm. like that in in Canlet the classic example maybe is Ondaatje's uh Billy the Kid yeah which is like is that a book of poetry or is it a novel and then Dennis Cooley's kind of uh expansion slash ripoff of Billy the Kid, Bloody Jack. Yeah, yeah. Which is like uh, five times longer and way more weird and absurdist. Um, Is that a novel or a book of poetry?
0: It's probably where I saw a prose poem the first time too. I'm trying to think precisely because I haven't read that book for a while, but I want to say it features a prose poem or two and that's maybe where I would have encountered them first. Although I'm not
1: sure. Yeah, both of those are bouncing between like lined poems and prose poems uh so yeah. like maybe maybe it's in that space between between the novel and and the and the long poem right where suddenly prose poetry can come in as one flavor of that or like or someone like nicole Brissard who's writing in between yeah. those forms as well right where where a lot of it is kind of we could classify it as prose poetry but they're kind of, it's a fragmented novel at the same time. So like prose poetry is interesting because it kind of slides into these other genres sometimes, right? Like we can it? make, we can make the argue about a lot of like avant-garde fiction too, that it's, mm-hmm. that it's, uh, if it's not prose poetry, it's prose poetry adjacent.
0: Or even if it's not prose poetry, what is, it, Yeah, right? Like it, it you know, in, in a manner of speaking. Um, and I, I, yeah. So I think it does in some ways kind of my like core interest is sort of in the avant-garde novel uh, and the long poem and the prose poem kind of gets bled into both in those respects. Yeah. Or the long poem sequence, whatever you want to call it. You know, I guess you know, I always, you know, there's a book length long poem and then there's a shorter long poem, which is kind of like a sequence, right? Yeah. But um, I find that that's just where I sort of gravitate towards, even if I'm doing, um or, or poem sequences, like if I'm doing line po- verse to poem, It's like, I'm doing a bunch right now. Um, uh, And they, so far, I haven't really written any prose poetry for this new uh, project I'm doing. Um, And, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But but it still has, to me, that, like, that that sequencing of a number of things together, and, you know, as a group and, like, one leading into the other, like, that kind of semi-narrative build, even if there's no narrative, I like the narrative structure of like a, a a build or a pace or you know, uh, I just find that prose poetry just lends itself so nicely to those, those things where like, I'm just so often interested personally and as a writer, as a reader in actually looking at the form of the thing, you know, like, like, like when I do prose When when I've done some prose poetry, like in the politics of knives, that title poem, um, uh, where I've got these like blacked out parts and stuff. Yeah. um, One of the things that is uh, people always say to me about that particular poem, and a bunch a bunch of other things that I've done is they'll often often I'll like ape a uh, avant garde process like, uh, like an aleatoric process or something, Yeah, but I won't actually do it. Mm. I'll just appear like I'm doing it. Uh, and I'm, I'm really interested in that kind of thing for some reason, like not actually doing something, but actually pretending to do it. Yeah. You know, with such a way that it like makes you think you're doing it. Like in that politics, and eyes were like, this like blacked out, you know, parts like as if you had blacked out, like the CIA had blacked out parts of a document, right? You know, that's kind yeah. of how visual how it looks. I remember distinctly when I was uh, going through the editing process on that book and then Wilcox was asking me like, Hey, what words are under these blacked out parts? Because, you know, I'll just make sure they're exactly the right length as the same length as those words. And I was like, well, there's no words under them. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> bunch of blackness. I go, just make it whatever size, you know, it'll, it'll work. It'll, it should, what looks cool on the page. And a lot of people will assume, and then the rest of it, like, people often assume is like found poetry and 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 sometimes it is and sometimes um it's something i found and revised and other times i've just constructed a thing to make it seem like a found text you know like and for whatever reason i've always just found that um that kind of chicanery uh in a sense interesting Mm. you know like uh and being able to kind of i guess maybe just because i'm always thinking about like how is the reader receiving the thing and primed to receive it? And how can I yeah. play around with the kind of gap between maybe what they're expecting and what they're going to get? Mm. Um, and like, I just find there's all sorts of interesting little little spaces and gaps to me. Like that's where all the fun is yeah. in terms of, and all the interesting effects, you know, which is why I like jokes so much. Cause you've got that set up and punch it is so much about like setting forth an expectation. And delivering on it while also not delivering what you expect yeah you know and i feel like prospochi in, in a weird way has that joke structure to it as in a certain sense like you're kind of in a book of poems and you suddenly come across something that's not really a poem but you're being asked to receive it as one yeah uh, and so it kind of produces all these neat fruitions.
1: and the kind of mixed signals of it
0: yeah like that's a better yeah. way to put it probably mixed signals you know like i like yeah. the mixed signal as a aesthetic sort of value in a weird way well uh, final thoughts on the pros poem Ryan
1: they're great <laughs>